All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday, November 28th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL netminder and current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. We did it a couple of days late. So yesterday I had my cousin and his family over and I think I'm still getting uh, some of the gravy out of my mustache, Frank. So all around a great success. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, you had to use that broom for something up there. Uh, good yeah. work on you. If you didn't see the picture of Mike's bird that he deep fried, uh, check that out as well. That thing looked unbelievable. He posted it on his Twitter page. If you're hungry, don't look. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's talk about a lot that happened in the hockey world over the weekend. What about the Seattle Kraken? I don't think we've spent enough time talking about the Kraken because, as our headline indicates, they ain't cracking under pressure this season when you take a look at how well they've played throughout the month of November. Here's the team order in terms of points percentage in the month of November as we're nearing a close. It's the New Jersey Devils who went on a 13-game winning streak, followed by the Seattle Kraken 9-1-1, and then the Boston Bruins who are 18-3 this season. Mike, Tells you how good the Kraken have been consistently for a number of weeks now. Yeah, five straight wins for this club. And and two of them are pretty big ones in overtime against the Rangers and Kings, a couple of really fast teams that you got to keep your feet moving to be able to keep up with. And Frank, I was really locked on the Seattle game Friday night against Vegas. And man, they didn't give the Golden Knights any space on the ice. Their pressure in the neutral zone and even in the offensive zone, they didn't allow Vegas to break out with any speed. They clogged up the middle. And you have to be committed to your systems 
and have players willing to do that on the ice to be find success with it, Frank. And and I look down the lineup. Burakovsky's been fantastic for this club. Somebody who played a lesser role on better teams. Now he goes to Seattle. He really gets a chance to play top line minutes. And other players that have come through. Vince Dunn's looking at a top pairing defenseman. Yanni Gord started a season slow. He's quietly played very, very well of late, giving them strength down the middle. Uh, and of course, I think they've gotten some good goaltending at the start of the year. Now it's more team-based for me, Frank. And if they're going to keep it rolling, the only thing that makes me paranoid of this club, their penalty kill is not great. It's improved. It's not great. But this Kraken team, they're not just finding ways to win. I mean, they're staying in games. They're keeping their feet moving, and they're sticking to their systems. Frank, they look pretty good right now. Do you think they might be a playoff team? 20, 29th in penalty kill. And I'm going to say I'm a believer in where the Kraken are heading, but I don't think they're a playoff mm. team this year. And the reason for that is I just think Edmonton and Calgary, further down in the Pacific Division standings, they're going to climb back and catch them. It's a long season. There's still three quarters of the way to go. And the one thing that really stands out for me about Seattle, they've done a ton of things right. You look at their scoring leaders to this point in the season, they've got a burgeoning star in Matty Beneers, but they don't have any other true stars. And I think that's one thing that might also hold them back. What say you? Yeah, I, I agree. Although I really like what Burakovsky's done. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a 40-50 goal scorer anytime soon, but this is a guy that's taken the bull by the horns. You know, you're really hoping that eventually somebody will, whether it's Beneers or even if Shane Wright finds his stride in the American League and gets a chance down the road again. Um, but you're right. They, they're a scoring by committee team, and that always makes you a little nervous. You need game breakers. But this club's playing well now, and they're fun to watch, Frank. All right, let's throw those standings up there again, Alex. And don't look now, but the Calgary Flames are tied with the Vancouver Canucks in points. Yes, the Flames have one game in hand, and yes, we have our Oilers and Flames logo switched for some reason. But uh, nonetheless, uh, <laughs> you take a look at where the Flames are at in the standings, 9-9-3 nine, nine, and three after losing back-to-back -back games to close out their long road trip out east, and they head back to Alberta with a thud. It seemed like at some point they were you know, starting to get things together a little bit, back-to-back -back games with five-goal efforts, and... What stands out to me, Mike, is this team has really, really struggled to score. Elias Lindholm is their team's leading scorer, 16 points in 21 games, well south of a point per game. Jonathan Huberto has struggled in his transition to Calgary. Mackenzie Weger on the back end has struggled in his transition to Calgary. And they're just not getting a lot going. You look at goals four per game, 25th. That's going to hold your team back. It will. I mean, even you're not alone here. Daryl Sutter said after the game against Carolina, well, we had 40, we had three 40 goal scorers last year. Now that's kind of a shot at your team a little bit and saying, oh yeah, we need to score by committee and we need players to do more. But it's also saying, hey, where are our big dogs right now? Like even Kadri's productions come off a little bit and Huberto really, like you said, still hasn't found a stride. Um, but, you know, you look at how important a Matthew Kachuk was. In the last calendar year, him and Counter McDavid are right next to each other in points. So I think that we may have undervalued that a little bit. But I think really more than anything, this team's so Jekyll and Hyde, Frank. They're bad on the road. They're, they can't score on the road, much less at home, that you've got a coach who really, really puts these players to task. And I think they get a response for a certain amount of time, and that, um, that just wears off after a bit, and they just can't keep it up. And now you're starting to see this. It's like, oh, we're getting crushed again here. Oh, here we go. Oh, we better get it going. I think they're just riding the emotional roller coaster of playing for a really demanding coach and having new bodies in the mix that didn't have him previously. You're starting to see that Jekyll and Hyde effect where they can't find consistency.
So are they cracking a little bit under the pressure? Like we knew that heading into the season, it would look like a different Flames team. And that mm-hmm. for the reasons that you mentioned with some of the guys that are gone from this team, three goal, 40 goal scorers last year, well, two of them ain't here anymore. That's probably a big part of it. Um, is the demands of the coach impacting how this team is performing? Has it reached that level? Oh, I think it's I think it's there for sure. I mean, I, I think the players are feeling it. At some point, it does start to come across. Now, if they can find that magic mojo and win some games, it goes right back into the same mode. But so far this year, we've seen it. They just they haven't been consistent. It's why they are where they're in the standings. You'll see them play a great game, and then they'll go lost defensively the next game. I, I'm not sure where this team's at right now, but I think they're really starting to feel the effects of uh, just of playing for such a demanding guy in Sutter. On a scale of one to ten, what's your level of concern for the Flames? Twenty games in, are, are they in danger of missing the playoffs? Uh, I wouldn't have it at my level of concern is probably a five and a half or six. Okay, of missing playoffs, like they should make, make playoffs. They have the skill to make playoffs. I still think there's runway for those players who came in, Huberto and the rest of them, to really hit their stride. But it's real. They got to press here. I think by Christmas, by New Year's, we got to see a better record out of this club. Yeah, it's real because as bad as we've talked about the Canucks being and their season being sunk while they're tied with the Flames at this point, Mm -hmm. uh, Flames having one game in hand, of course. Let's talk about Connor Hellebuck and some interesting comments from him. No surprise, someone that's really confident. Uh, I did a podcast today, the DFO Rundown, and we had Sarah Orleski on from the Jets to dive into the Jets season. And, you know, I was talking about Connor Hellebuck, and I said he's someone that always wears a chip on his shoulder. And I was thinking to myself, you know, being a food-oriented larger man such as myself, a chip so big you could eat guacamole with it. That's how big the chip is on Connor Hellebuck's shoulder. He's having a Vezina caliber season, but no surprise that when an interesting and unique sequence played out um, on Friday night that he was out there saying, hey, uh, we need a rule change here. This is against the Dallas Stars, and it's Jason Robertson scoring, but Hellebuck's helmet was knocked off. The sequence continues, and the Dallas Stars score with, I think, 15 seconds left in the game and tie it up. And you're thinking as a card-carrying member of the goalie union, I'm sure, that this is a play that needed to be blown dead immediately. This is dangerous, straight up. Like, And the way the rule reads is that if there's an imminent scoring chance, Frank, play is supposed to continue. And I think you can easily contend in this situation. There's two passes made by the Dallas Stars before the puck ends up in the net after Hellebuck's lost his mask. That's too much time. Now, if there's a puck right on the doorstep and the shot happens as a mask is coming off, I can live with that, okay? That's, that's course of play. But I've had this happen in my career previously. My mask came off a decade ago when I was in Albany, and I make two saves. You're going to see it here. I slide over, make a first save, and then a secondary save with no mask. And you, you really don't think about it in the moment. You're just doing what you can to get in front of it. But can you imagine if a goalie eats a puck in the face? Like, I remember being in the building as a kid when Brett Hall had the puck on his stick looking at Stefan Fisset in the net for the Los Angeles Kings with no mask. And Hall backed off and the whistle blew. And I can't remember if the rule was different back then, but I really think that if the goalie's mask is off, why? what are we doing? He's facing the shot. This isn't The players have to get off the ice if they don't have a helmet on. If the play happens right as the puck's being shot, call it a goal. But that degree of separation to me, Frank, I think Hellebuck's right. That's dangerous. That needs to be blown dead. Is this something that is just an easy change in your mind? That it's just as simple as that? Make it black and white, GMs rubber stamp it at their next meeting in March? I think it is if 
the NHL takes the initiative to make sure that the goalies' masks stay on better. They need to do some R&D. It needs to be led by the league, and it needs to be standardized across all mask makers to keep the buckles in place, to maybe install a chin strap that actually works, that keeps the helmets on. If they can do that, then you can change the rule because there's no excuse for a helmet coming off unless it's a really bad situation. It's still mind blowing to think that goalies in this league for a period of time never wore helmets like or masks. Wild. It's uh, absolutely insane to think about. Um, let's move on and talk about Rachel Dowery and her departure from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, important to pass along the news. She filed a complaint with the British Columbia Human Rights Tribunal uh, last week. Details of that, which became public after she shared the news, saying that she is done hiding. Um, and interesting to pick through her complaint. We have the story posted on mm -hmm. dailyfaceoff.com, which alleges that she, uh, she was discriminated against by the Canucks for her physical and mental disability, saying that she had met with the Canucks and Jim Rutherford prior to her being hired and stressed the importance of mental health. And then at varying points in her dealings with assistant general manager, Emily Castengay, who was also uh, the team's first assistant GM, Dowery being the team's first assistant video coach uh, and first female member of the coaching staff. She was promoted to that position in August. And that uh, basically at that point, Castengay had said to her that she didn't think that she was, allegedly said to her that she didn't think she was uh, uh, fit for the job mentally. Um, this is a tough one, Mike. And, you know, you look at the situation, Castengay issued a statement through the Canucks um, saying that that never happened. The Canucks also said that they, quote, completely disagree uh, with the facts that were laid out um, by Rachel Dowery and her attorney. Where do you come out on this? Where, where, what does, how, what's your overall takeaway from seeing something like this? Well, that's going to eventually play out in court or maybe behind closed doors and whatever happens with it. So we won't know the full details, I think, maybe ever with everything, or at least it's just going to be she said, she said. But bottom line, this is a bad look for the Canucks. And I think if you wanted to distill this down, at the bare minimum, you had an employee who was not comfortable in the situation that she was working with in Rachel Dory. And anytime somebody's uncomfortable and the team's unaware and it leads to some, to me, there's a lack of communication in some form. There's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of... Uh, of just leadership there where you got to figure these things out and we don't i don't i can't pass judgment because i wasn't there in the room on any of the other things but to me frank any situation i've seen like that in a working environment that's what it all comes down to is strong leadership and an ability to be able to have people talk and figure out what's going on and come up with solutions together and instead you end up with a disgruntled employee who ends up getting less let go and now we've got legal proceedings against a team that it just seems avoidable to me do you, do you agree with that i i do and I, I think even just the way that it played out it was surprising to see her terminated so early on in her tenure like she didn't even so make fast. it to the first yeah. game of the regular season after being promoted to that position on august 1st um it's a breakdown in a number of different ways and and i have no idea who's right or who's wrong maybe the truth is somewhere in between but all i can say is this for the reaction that we've seen on social media is especially with all the different things that we've been through over the last couple of years in hockey you know Rachel Dory is opening herself up here to, you know, she's, this is, this could be a case of perjury if she's, if she's found to be not yeah, truthful. Why lie? So, you don't make these yeah, things up. She's, she's sticking her neck out there in terms of making these, uh, this complaint public. And, um, 
Yeah, it's this will play out, as you mentioned, over the next uh, days, weeks and months ahead. But just important to pass along the news as we vowed that we would uh, with all of these tough conversations. So uh, yet another one for the hockey world to have. Mike, let's talk goaltending and this week's edition of the Blue Paint. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Mike, it's time for this week's edition of the Blue Paint. Some goaltending talk, and that is delivered by DoorDash. Mike, we've reached the quarter point in the season. I'm going to ask you to put your GM hat on for a second and pretend like you are voting for the Vezina Trophy. Who would be getting your quarter season Vezina? I'm checking the box for Ilya Sorokin and the New York Islanders. And Frankie, you're looking pretty smart here right now. That was He was your pick for the Vezina at the start of the year. I said, no, I don't think so, because only reason I don't think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. Well, guess who's in a playoff spot right now, and guess who's leading them? It's Ilya Sorokin, 933 save percentage, and he's 7-2 in November. But it's really his consistency, Frank, that I've seen. I mean, 10 of 15 starts, he's allowed two goals or less. And I always had that as a personal rule. If I allowed two or less, I had a chance. Look at this save on Marner the other night. Rebound save, moving, moving from his left to right, gets his blocker on it. And what I love is his balance, Frank. A lot of goalies will end up on their butt or on their chest with this type of save. Whether Sorokin's on his knees or standing, he's so well balanced that he gives himself a chance to get the biggest blocking surface he can in front of the puck, rotates well. All those good things we talk about at goalie camps. Uh, and I thought that it was really capped off recently at a 49-save shutout against Edmonton. A couple nights before, he beat Toronto in that game that we just saw a little bit of. And I think if you're looking at Vezina, Frank, you're looking right now. Hellebuck, Olmark, some people are saying Logan Thompson. Those guys are all... In the top 15, if you look at moneypuck.com, when it comes to what their team's expected five-on-five five goal percentage is, okay? They all live in a comfortable environment defensively and in goal support. That's not Sorokin. His team, the Islanders, they're 29th in expected five-on-five five goal percentage. He's well outplaying his team. He's easily been their most valuable player, and I think that's why I think he's the top Vezina pick right now. All right, quickly, you need to fill out your ballot, though. Who would be two and three? I think Hellebuck is. Hellebuck is probably the next one on the list in terms of value to its team and what he's done. Uh, and then from there, it's it's a crapshoot, man. I know Elmark has a bunch of wins, but Boston plays really well. So uh, it's tough for me to pick a third. I'd have Elmark. Ottinger was in that mix early. He's fallen a little bit. 
Hmm. Interesting. Olmark has certainly not gotten as much love publicly as Hellebuck and now Sorokin, but he's put together a damn good season for the Boston Bruins. Let's talk about the Florida Panthers and their crease, a team that's been underwhelming to start. What's going on with Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky in their split? And can this be Spencer Knight's net to close out the year? Well, it sure feels like it's turning into Spencer Knight's net. And the reason isn't just based on uh, the statistic, Frank. You know, Knight's 6-3-2. and two. So he's won more games than Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky's 4-5-1. and one. But there's almost an entire goal against Delta between those two goaltenders. Knight's allowing 2.6. You got Bob at 3.6. Save percentages go accordingly. Knight's well north of the 90 threshold. He's at 9-16. But beyond the stats here, What's happening is with Spencer Knight, I know I know the last game out on Saturday against St. Louis, it got away from him. Lost an OT, Jordan Kyra break. But Knight is really more of the archetype of the modern goaltender of today, the last three, four years. Whereas Bob, if you took 10 years, eight, 10 years ago, he was the guy we all looked to. He was mobile. He was explosive. He knew how to post-integrate. He could do all these things. Teams have figured that out. And Knight, on the other hand, now plays better within his posts. He's a bigger goalie. He gets more surface in front of it. There's not as many holes. And I think what you're really, if you bring this down, Bob's at the stage now where it's about breaking habits, whereas Knight is still learning habits. He's still growing. And Knight's been learning on the job. Like he came straight to the NHL, Frank, as a goalie, you know, 20, 21 years old. That's just unheard of. So there's still room for him to grow. And now he's winning games. The numbers are starting to come along. And Bob just kind of stays at that same level he's been at for several years. We keep waiting for him to grab it. And I'm not sure if he's ever going to be able to reclaim that net in Florida. It feels like it's nights at this point. Yeah, and it feels like that's a long road for the Florida Panthers and Sergei Bobrovsky with the years left on his contract. There was lots of controversy, Mike, with Matt Murray and the, the Toronto Maple Leafs net uh, continually coming off its moorings. The Minnesota Wilds seem to be pretty peeved about that. You wrote a really detailed story on dailyfaceoff.com where you said, hey, CSI Toronto, Matt Murray is innocent. And you laid out your case with video support as to why he is innocent. But I'm more curious, as we talked about a potential rule change with regards to goalies' helmets, what is the NHL perspective when it comes to nets and how differently they may be set up in each of the 32 arenas? Yeah, well, it's a great question. And if you if you show up to a game beforehand and you watch the rink crew, they all have a different method in some cities. I've got a tweet up now from the rink crew in Pittsburgh. They walk out with a turkey baster, a bucket, and the guy slides the net over the hole and hopes that the post that the peg drops into it. I would argue that's not good enough. You need a wet vac. You need to make sure the hole is dry that the peg slips into because we found out the pegs float. Matt Murray here, these pegs were riding up and the net's getting knocked off. I know everyone out there, unless your goalie thinks that he's doing it intentionally, I can assure you it's not. It's coming off. In my pieces, I wrote why. But uh, from, from what I've gathered around the league, the NHL is obviously aware of this. Okay, A couple of weeks ago at the GM meetings, it was a topic of conversation that Colin Campbell addressed. I think the league is actively trying to find a solution, or will be at least in the future. They need the pegs to at least stay in place uh, for routine goalie post integrations because goalies now push off of the post with their legs and their upper body, Frank. I don't know what the solution is going to be. I floated using magnets to keep the peg in. It was just a dumb idea I came up with in five seconds. Um, but I think this is something that's very much on the NHL's radar, and they want a solution. It's just can they come up with one, and what's the time frame? I don't have an answer for that, and I'm not sure the league does either. 
feels like an easy answer is streamline and educate. I mean, make it a step-by-step process, give them the equipment and tools for these rink crews in order to make it happen. It shouldn't be that hard. You're right. I see various arenas have different setups. Some use the turkey basters, some don't. Some use the wet vac. Some, I mean, just be consistent. And I think if you're consistent, yeah. you'll end up with a better product. And that's they've done a great job with all those things and the ice crew, uh, you know, getting ice way better than it used to be, uh, particularly um, in some hot environments. There's no reason you can't do that in terms of installing the, the pegs properly and the moorings to make sure that the net stays in place as goalies continue to leverage themselves off of it. Uh, thanks to Mike McKenna for this week's edition of the Blue Paint. Lots of interesting stuff in there. This has been delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen. Game day 25 gets you 25% off your first order of $15 or more. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We've had a great few questions filing in here. This one comes from Cameron, who is based in the YEG, and he says, one, have you confirmed Tyler will eat cat food when Boston clinches the playoff spot? And the answer is yes. Two, a quarter of the way through the season, which teams currently in a playoff spot won't make it and which teams replace them? We talked a little bit about that at the end of last week as we got to Thanksgiving. But, Mike, this is the one I want to throw at you. Give me one headline or sentence to describe the first quarter of the season. I'm going to riff on what John Tortorella said the other night. It's a young, dumb league, but I'm going to add to it. It's a young, dumb league, and it's better than it's ever been. That's my headline, Frank. How about you? I like it. I'm going to say we're going streaking. Like this way this season has started, <laughs> roller coaster-wise. Yeah, I mean, Frank the Tank, like why not? Um, for me, it's you look at the Devils and their run that they've been on, the Boston Bruins and how great they've been, and some incredible losing streaks. The St. Louis Blues, first team in NHL history. They start 3-0, then they lose eight straight. They're the first team following an eight-game losing streak to come back and win their next seven after that. It's been like that all season long. We've had prolonged winning streaks and losing streaks. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. It has been a very streaky start to the first quarter of the season. Let's get to Tyler Remchuk for our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Tyler, what do you got? Okay, first of all, you made up this false narrative that it's a playoff spot for the Bruins. I was very clear on Oilers Nation every day. It was if they win the division. So, again, that's probably going to happen. I am somewhat accepting that I'm going to have to eat cat food. Um, but still, it's it's winning the division. So I will not stand for it. That's any not of even the most important knowledge. question. It's not because we know this is going to happen now. Yeah, it's it's going to be ha- and, wet or dry and how much. <laughs> oh, yeah, a whole I, thing I, of friskies. A whole ten. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm very upset about my decisions in life. Anyways, uh, let's get into today's slate, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. It's a hard topic change. Uh, let's talk about a spot I love. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though they're on the road, on the puck line. They are 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, covering the puck line in four of those six wins. On the year, they've covered the puck line in more than half of their victories. So I like them to win tonight, and I think taking them to cover is a great spot. They're taking on a Sabres team that is 2-8-0 in their last 10 games, and they've failed the cover in seven of those eight losses. Tampa Bay plus 165 on the puck line. I absolutely love it. 
out in the Vegas Columbus game. I like taking Jack Eichel to grab an assist in this hockey game. It's hit in four of his last six, and the Blue Jackets have allowed 19 goals against in their last five. Eichel's having a tremendous season, and I think him getting an apple tonight is a lock. And also, quickly to wrap it up, three shot props for you. Jason Robertson, over three and a half, has hit in nine of his last 10 games. That is a great spot at minus 130. Pavel Buchnevich in that same game, over two and a half shots. That's hit in five of his last seven. Great spot there at plus 125. And also Evan Bouchard in Edmonton scored two goals on Saturday. I like his shot prop set at two and a half. And once again, paying plus money at plus 120. He's hit it in four of six. So there you go, Frank. Three shot props and two straight up bets for tonight's NHL slate. Love to see it. Speaking of the Sabres as well, Lance Lasowski had an interesting report in the Buffalo News this morning saying that the Sabres are one of the teams that has inquired with the Arizona Coyotes about Jacob Chikrin. So keep an eye on the Sabres there as well. Thanks to Tyler Emchuk for our points bet daily bet segment. That brings us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. Mike, what's caught your eye? What's caught your attention from around the NHL? Well, how about a featherweight bout taking place between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vancouver Canucks the other night? You had Jonathan Marcheseau squaring off with Connor Garland. This was Garland's first NHL fight, which blew me away because the guy's such a rat on the ice. And I can remember him being in and around my crease all the time when facing off against him when he was with Tucson in the American League and then in the NHL as well, seeing what he does there. And you look at these two, and it was a pretty good scrap, man. Like, Marshy's one of the – He's a pretty active guy on the ice, loves to chirp, loves to beak. And these two have gone back and forth for a couple of years now from the time that Garland was in Arizona before going to Vancouver. And it finally hit fever pitch and they went at it. This was great, man. You rarely see this any longer. And I think it was two guys that just finally had enough of one another, decide to let it go. And good on Garland. It's his first one. It's Marcia. So I think it's his third in the NHL, I want to say. And obviously the linesman's having a great time. Look at the smile on his face, Frank. Look at the uh, size difference, too. Disappointment. <laughs> I was going to say, these linesmen are such monsters now, and rightfully so, because they yeah. need to get in there and do the dirty work. They should have just let him go. Like, you could see they them sort of early. hopping in. They, they didn't even really let them square off. It could have been a way better tilt than it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Head on and over was, to hockeyfights.com and... Yeah, and it was the second one of that game, too. Yeah, Dakota Jackson and Keegan Colasar were swinging for the fences before this one. So HockeyFights.com is going to have both of those up, and you can take a look at both of them. Yeah, I was going to say head on over there and throw those a rating if you can. And uh, interesting just to see how quickly the linesman was in there. And as you mentioned, the size difference. Uh, always love a good scrap. Uh, thanks to Mike McKenna. That'll do it for this edition of Daily Faceoff Live, a Monday, November 28th edition. Thanks to Tyler Uremchuk as well as our head of production in Alex Alar. Check out the DFO Rundown, as we mentioned, episode 174 posted today. In-depth Winnipeg Jets talk, the central division leading Winnipeg Jets talk. That is posted today wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back right with you 12 noon Eastern on Tuesday. You know where to find us. Like and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And until then, have a great day and enjoy the games, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.